wonderful to chat with you and a special thanks to Olivia Palmer from the from the, uh, the media relations coordinator at the Fremantle Dockers for helping put the interview together. All the best for 2024 and uh, let's hope that uh, you don't need to get that bigger fridge uh, re-board re or anything at all. Uh, Deb and Maddie, hope you have a wonderful season as well on and off the field. Thanks very much, Gordon. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gordon. No, thank you both so much. What a wonderful interview. Well, uh, listeners, that brings us to the end of uh, just oh, Monday Sports Mix. I'll get it get it right. And, of course, our junior sports segment between 7 and 8. And what a great way to finish our very first edition of Monday Sports Mix here on 89.7 FM. Listeners, have a great week. Look forward to your company. Don't forget to join us again next Monday between 6 and 8 for Monday Sports Mix here on 89.7. In the meantime, have a great week. Station sponsor City of Joondalup Leisure Centre Craigie is conveniently open seven days a week, excluding some public holidays, ensuring they cater for the busiest lifestyle. Sign up for a multi-access membership to receive access to gym, group fitness classes and the outdoor pool. Visit joondalup-leisure.com.au for more details. Here's David Williams from Perth Glory for RAD. Football is a true team sport. When you're a part of a team, you support each other, you back each other up and you do whatever it takes to help a teammate who's in trouble. So if you're with someone who's been drinking, don't let them get behind the wheel. Take their keys and call a taxi, because mates don't let their mates drink drive. Rad. R-A-D-D.org.au Sponsorship of Community Radio is effective and it's incredibly cheap. For more information, go to 897fm.com.au. LOL. OMG. BRB. You know what these mean, but what does this mean? KHL. To Tom, it means he doesn't feel alone anymore. To Lily, it means she's alive and happy today. Whatever you're going through, if you're aged 5 to 25, KHL means you don't have to go through it alone. Contact KHL. Call 1800 55 1800 or visit kidshelp.com.au. Kids Helpline, we're there for you. The following program may contain coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. Redheads is where guitarists come to play. Got all your favourite guitarists from the Golden West. My dad's got a couple of stories that are, that are a little bit similar to some of the things that happened in Folk Towers. Favourite rock heroes from interstate. And my father was was devastated when I said I'm not playing this thing anymore. <laughs> and we've got international superstars. We just want to bring people together. Tune in to Shredheads, 8pm Monday nights on 89.7 FM. This is Shredheads with Chris on 89.7 FM. It's time for Shredheads with Chris on 89.7 FM. Get down on your knees and start praying. We've got more masters of six, seven and even eight strings. Well, we really will be praying tonight. Tonight's guest has had considerable success in the world of Christian metal, but his band isn't just preaching to the converted. No siree, Bob. This band has had several gold and even platinum albums in the US. Some of their singles are platinum too, which is pretty uncommon in this era of social media personalities, and they often perform over 300 shows a year, a Herculean effort. This is a ballsy statement, but I think he may be the most high-profile guest that has ever been on this show. The band is Skillet. He is Seth Morrison. We've also got a birthday tribute. You rarely hear this person's name when talking about guitars, probably because he wasn't the frontman of his band. But his band had considerable success in the mid-80s. 
You can certainly recognize the band when you hear them, and most people know one of their songs, but contrary to popular belief, they were not one-hit wonders. Certainly not in the UK. The band is big country. He is Bruce Watson. So tonight we're hearing from bands with multiple lead singers. Skillet have that with both John Cooper and Jen Ledger. And this band you're about to hear have two lead singers as well. Alright, for a long time they had one singer, but after the departure of Nathan Peachy in 2020, guitarist Dean Wells took over the frontman duties. When Peachy returned last year, the band now had two lead singers. I don't know if evolution is the right word in this case, as both Peachy and Wells are Christians. Anyway, here's Terra Maze, Perfect World on 89.7 FM. <laughs>
song from Terramay's Perfect World. This is Shredheads on 89.7 FM. Terramay's one of the hardest working metal bands in Australia. Since 2019, they have released five full-length albums. You can't accuse them of slacking off, especially in an era where we can sometimes find ourselves waiting 10 years for a new album from a particular band. Names have been omitted to protect the innocent. Keep up the good work, fellas. And now let's hear from tonight's guest, Seth Morrison. Got him. Welcome to Shredhead, Seth Morrison. What's going on, man? Uh, a lot of things are going on in Perth. So, Seth, where are you originally from? Originally from Ohio, um, southern Ohio. I know it's a very small town. Most nobody uh, has mostly heard of it. It's uh, if you've heard of Columbus, Ohio, it's about two hours south of Columbus, Ohio. So that's. Uh, where I originally uh, come from. My family's still there. Uh, I live in Na- greater Nashville, Tennessee area now. Okay, so when did you make the move to Nashville? My wife and I, let's see, gosh, it's been, I guess it was 2013. It was, um, <laughs> that summer was such a, uh, such a cluster because so we moved during, um, when their album rise was releasing uh in the summer of of 2013 so you know that was a very highly anticipated record because it was coming off of you know it's coming off of the heels of awake which was our awake is our biggest record uh to date i think it's almost triple platinum that record so you know a rise was a very very highly anticipated and uh, with that comes a lot of press a lot of press trips. Um, we we played on. Uh, if you if you know who Conan O'Brien is, he he used to be on late night TV. Oh yeah. So we <laughs> we were doing so so much press for that record, and it was a busy summer of shows. Like to be honest with you, I barely remember moving because <laughs> my my parents and uh, my wife's parents, you know, they moved us down. I think I was even gone. Uh, to be honest with you, so. All that to say, yeah, we moved to Tennessee uh, in the summer of 2013. So I guess it's almost 11 years we've been down here. Seth, how long would you have been performing for? Uh, with Skillet? Mm, before that. How, how long have how, like, I been playing guitar, you mean? Yeah. How far back? I mean, we in, yeah, in high school see. or even before that? Yeah, I, I guess. Well, so my parents had a um, my parents had a, a traveling group. It wasn't full time, but it was like they did the weekend thing, you know, like in our in our um, like tri-state area, meaning like the the surrounding states of Ohio is where they you know played a lot and churches and stuff like that on weekends, like Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, West Virginia, all around in that area. And uh, my brother played drums in their group. My dad plays about everything with strings. Um, but my brother played drums in the group. So growing up, I just thought, you know, I very much looked up to my brother. Um, and a, a lot of people don't know this unless they've listened to interviews. I actually played drums before I played guitar. I played drums as a very, very small kid. I probably started playing when I was six or seven. 
uh, drums and uh, got it when I was in sixth grade uh, here in the States. I guess that's about, I don't know, 11 or 12 is when I started playing electric guitar. And then I kind of never, never looked back. I mean, I still enjoy playing drums. I just hardly ever do it. Um, once I started playing guitar, that kind of took over. Um, and then, yeah, I started playing in a local band, I guess, when I was 13 um, and uh, cut my teeth playing. Um, this is another fun fact. I uh, started playing, uh, you know, everybody kind of has their quote unquote cutting their teeth as a musician. And my cousin and I, my cousin is a phenomenal drummer. Um, and we would, you know, cut our teeth playing altar bridge songs in our grandmother's garage, <laughs> Metallica songs. Um, and a really cool moment uh, we got to do is, I don't know if you know, uh, some fans may know, John and I had a side project called Fight the Fury. It was a little heavier than Skillet. Fight the Fury. And, um, Fight the Fury was the name. Yeah, we did. We released an EP in um, 2018, I think it was. Uh, and, a, and a cool fact of that is my cousin Jared, whom I was speaking of, he actually was the drummer uh, in Fight the Fury. So it was kind of like a full circle thing. You know, it was cool to bring him in, be able to do some gigs together in that setting, coming from <laughs> playing in our grandmother's garage all these years, you know. Now, did drumming influence your guitar playing in any way? You know, um, a lot of people ask that, and I always say, yeah, I think I think so, because... Um, I feel like every once in a while people will comment me comment uh, on my how tight my rhythmic playing is like even like John you know or Corey will be in the studio I'll be tracking something um, you know it'd be like a very tight uh, rhythm riff um, I, I can't think of an example off, off the top of my head but I'll be tracking something and they'll, they'll sometimes be like man your rhythms are just so tight you know your right hand is just so so precise. So I think, um, I do think drumming, I do think it helps that side of rock music, metal music, riffing. If you kind of come from uh, playing drums, I, I I fully believe it can help that. Okay, now, who would have influenced you musically? So, yeah, I, I've kind of got a wide range. I mean, like I said, initially, um, my my roots, like I said, my brother, I I wanted to play drums because of him. Started playing guitar. Uh, my dad uh, is a huge influence on me. Um, but because my dad is very into country music, so I kind of grew grew up hearing the sound of a pedal steel guitar. That's my dad's primary instrument. So I actually quite like '90s country music. Um, especially that guitar playing, uh, which we call chicken picking, uh, <laughs> is the style that yeah we refer to it as. Uh, Brent Mason, he's a guitar player that played on a lot of '90s country stuff, so that's influential on me. But I will say, once I started playing guitar myself, and once I first discovered rock music, metal music, that took over. Um, so initially. Um, you know, I, I was born in 88, so I grew up in the 90s and right at the turn of the century there, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, um, Creed was Creed was ruling the world, you know, in terms yes, of rock music. And Tr Mark Tremonti, uh, 
he was like my number one man he was like my biggest influence uh playing guitar you know i would have been around 13 years old at that time so he's probably still my number one to this day um and what's what's really bizarre is just we've become really good friends <laughs> you know from from joining skillet and we've done many shows together us and alter bridge did a did a co-headline tour together back in 2019 which was just such a cool experience for me you know because i you know, I made no secrets about it. I, I've told him just uh, like, dude, I had posters of you, <laughs> posters of you in my on my wall. I remember uh, craving and just wanting a PRS so bad, and never thought I'd be able to afford one. You know, because of this guy. So to become friends with him, um, and just such a sweet guy, man. You know, it's, it's what I always say. It's always really cool when you know you have these heroes and and you have this picture painted of them in your head. Um, and then you meet them and kind of befriend these people and they're just as cool as you ever could have imagined. And it almost makes you a bigger fan just because of how humble and non-presumptuous these people are. So Mark, Mark's a, he's been a great role model and, uh, yeah, he's probably still my number one to this day, but you know, I really love, love Stevie Ray Vaughan. I love John Petrucci. I went through a huge dream theater phase. Uh, John love John Petrucci. Um, Ian Thornley, I'm I'm a really big Ian Thornley fan. Um, yeah, that that that's there's a handful of players for you. <laughs> yeah, Ian Thornley's pretty overlooked by a, a lot of people. He really is. I I hear that all the time. Like it kind of, you know, Thorn Ian Thornley. They're kind of like uh, I I didn't grow up with this band, but they're one of John's favorite bands called Kings X. Oh um, yes, I know. And them. I always hear that. Yeah, I always hear that they were kind of underrated, uh, but every musician knew King's X. You, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you were talking to a musician, they loved King's X. I feel like Thornley's a little bit like that, too. Like, if, you, if you're talking to a guitar player, it's like most people know who Ian Thornley is. They just don't quite get the – except for maybe in Canada. I think they're a little bit bigger in Canada because they're from there. But um, that guy is just a freak, man. He, Gosh, he's so good. And – He's kind of like a, a double-edged sword. His vocals are just incredible, too. He's not just a great player. He's a phenomenal singer. What are you using as far as gear goes these days? Yeah, I um, honestly, I haven't changed a whole lot. But uh, guitar-wise, um, I guess most people know that our musicians and fans of us, that w we are a Paul Reed Smith band. Me and Corey both, we're... Um, we're a full-on, uh, full-on Paul Reed Smith band. So much so, it's really cool. Uh, John is kind of, uh, he's coming on board, and PRS has made him some bases. Um, one of which just got delivered while during this off time, uh, and he's. I got a picture of it, and it looks gorgeous. He's very excited <laughs> to get it out on the road. So he's got a few PRS bases now. So we're slowly. Uh, I guess slowly becoming an all PRS band, even down to the bases. So uh, yeah, I uh, PRS guy in terms of amps, which is kind of maybe a, a rarity these days. I'm still on amps. You know, a lot of people have made, especially in the touring world, have made the jump to uh, Kemper or Fractals or um uh, the, the neural DSP, I, I'm blanking on what it's called. Uh, 
which which all you know they're very convenient and they work well but i'm just such an amp fanatic i, I just love the sound of cranking up a tube amp and hearing like hearing the speakers just rattle you know so um my main dirty tone is um a mesa dual rectifier which has been in my rig forever i got my first mesa when i was 15 or 16 years old and it's just I've gotten so used to the sound that the mesas are. So my main dirty is is split together. I have a Mesa dual rec going through its own 412. And then I'm also using, uh, currently using a Rev generator 120 going through its own 412. Those are split together. They run together at all times. Um, and then I have another amp for my cleans and semi-clean tones that's a uh, a Tyler. It's a boutique company called Tyler. It's kind of based on, I, I guess it's kind of ba- loosely based on an AC30. To be more specific, it's based on a uh, on a matchless. But so that kind of handles all my clean, semi-clean stuff. And then pedal board is pretty straightforward. I have I have an array of overdrives, and um, I use the John Petrucci Wah. I got the Digitech Whammy on there that I use for quite a few things, um, and I actually have a I have a signature distortion pedal with a company called Westminster Effects. Um, really cool partnership we got to do within the past couple of years. And although that pedal is not my main dirty sound live, what I wanted to kind of encapsulate with that pedal was what my live rig does. So it's very influenced by. Uh, a Mesa rectifier. It's kind of like, I always call it like, if you want that Mesa rectifier sound, but don't want to spend $2,000 or don't have the space and you kind of want, uh, want a Mesa rectifier in a box. That's kind of what this pedal is. Now set in the late nineties, early noughties, it seems like a lot of bands were using the combination of a PRS guitar and a Mesa amp. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh that's pro- yeah, you're probably <laughs> like I said, I'm kind of a creature of habit and just when I when I have something I like, I'm I guess I'm I'm a very loyal person. I guess I'm even loyal down to my gear. <laughs> like, you know, you develop a relationship with these companies and they treat you well and um and and one thing too is just how roadworthy like the combination you just mentioned, Mesa, PRS, it just kind of became like a a a win of a combination. I mean, Mesa's are so roadworthy. Like those things will take a beating. Same with PRS. Um, but yeah, I guess you're right, huh? Like uh, I didn't think about that. Like late '90s, early 2000s, it was, you know, Mark as we talked about. He was Mesa PRS. Like uh, Lincoln Park, who I was a huge fan of, am a huge fan of. But Brad, uh, you know, from Lincoln Park, that was kind of his combo, Mesa and PRS. Uh, I guess Hoobastank back in the day was doing the same thing. So, yeah, it kind of just became like a, uh, <laughs> to put it into an analogy, I guess like a cookies and milk. It was just it was just a perfect uh, combo, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Anyway, Seth, we're going to play something from the new Skillet album after the break. So, listeners, don't go Station anywhere. Oh, we've got more orders than we can handle and more coming. Now there's a bottleneck. What is the ongoing impact of... Like switching off paid search. Well, let's hear from our new recruit. What do you think? 
Every single day, business graduates face situations that go beyond theory. That's why we teach our students to be creative thinkers. Because creative thinking can be your superpower. ECU. Creative thinkers made here. Search ECU and apply now. G'day, it's Costa here. Getting to know your neighbours is a lot like planting a garden. A bit of care and attention early on, then some regular nourishing can lead to beautiful results that last a lifetime. Connecting with your neighbours can be as simple as saying hello, stopping by for a cuppa or even organising a barbie. Sunday, March 31 is Neighbour Day. For more great tips on how to create belonging for yourself and others, just visit neighboursevery.org. The Community File. Are you interested in gardening? The Girraween Community Garden is looking for new members to join us for gardening and social activities. We are located behind the Girraween Library. Contact Wendy at girraweengarden at gmail.com or on the garden's Facebook page. Proudly brought to you by 89.7 FM.
immaculate psycho in my head. You're listening to Shredheads on 89.7 FM, where guitarists come to play. We've got Skillet's guitarist on the line, Seth Morrison. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, Seth, Skillet has been around for almost 30 years now, and many bands that have been around for that long seem to have peaked. But you seem to be getting a larger audience than ever before. Why do you think that is? It's a really good point. That's it. <laughs> it's even something we we talk about, and I think it even stuns us to to a certain degree. You know, I think part of it was um, okay. So I joined the band during the awake uh, the awake album cycle. So I guess I'm coming up on my 13th year of being in the band, which is crazy. This is the longest. This is the longest lineup uh, of of members that Skillet has ever had. Uh, John, Corey, of course, Jen, and myself. Um, and it just seems like such the perfect mesh of people. Uh, the communal aspect of Skillet is just, it's something that's indescribable. Uh, we all work really well together and love each other, get along really well. But yeah, I think to your question, um, I think it took, you know, it took quite a while for things to really take off for Skillet. Uh, you know, I've heard John talk about this often, but even though I wasn't in the band yet, it's, I mean, I remember Skillet when I w- was younger, even a teenager, but it seems like things didn't really start getting a mass appeal until the comatose record. Um, you know, re- when Rebirthing came out and Whispers in the Dark and. Yeah, that's something particular. Uh, the, la- the Last Night. Yeah, yeah, that record came out. It kind of catapulted things to a different level. And then when Awake came out, it kind of like sent everything into the stratosphere. Um, and that was that was uh what 13 years i guess after that skillet technically started in 96 so awake didn't come out until 13 or 14 years after uh the band started which is crazy for a you know most bands don't even make it that long you know like no. 13 or 14 years if some especially in the music culture these days like if something doesn't happen pretty immediately like it's kind of over you know so i think part of it is that it they just grinding it out and it took so long for things to finally hit um and then it that may be part of it um but i do know what you mean it even feels like over uh over the past mm, i don't know five or six years um you know even though maybe you don't see an album selling like a wake has sold it's like our streaming numbers keep climbing and climbing i think i think uh, i was told the other day our spotify is over maybe over nine million listeners monthly now which is crazy um so it's crazy that things do seem to be growing um it's kind of hard to put your finger on the on the pulse as to why um but I, i think overall i think people can sense uh, I think people can sense authenticity, um, and I think I think Skillet's music attracts a wide array of people. Some people, uh, you know, a lot of those people are Christians. Some people may not be Christians. Maybe some people just the the music and the message makes them uh, uplifted. It makes them feel something. Uh, maybe it helps them through a hard time. Maybe it helps them through the death and the family. And uh, and honestly, I, I think maybe when 2020 happened and and the world just <laughs> uh nearly crumbled everything went to mess um 
I think maybe the music, you know, maybe helped people through that, through this time we're in. We're kind of in a dark cultural time, uh, definitely in America and, and, and worldwide, I would say. So maybe that plays into it, too. I think people sense authenticity and, and, and they uh, they respect when people kind of are are bold about what they believe uh, and what they claim. Um, I think people like that. I think people like authenticity in an artist. Now, John has spoken about people being in a spiritual battle with depression and anxiety and fear, which has probably surged over the last four years. So how do you as a band plan on combating that? Yeah, that's, uh, well, yeah, I think he's right in, in saying that. Well, I, I think it's, um, statistically proven that that definitely has um especially against teenagers uh too i think that's skyrocketed in the last yeah three four five years um but honestly man i think i think it's i think we've always kind of hit that market you know people kind of struggling with depression and and uh, mental health. I, I think Skillet's music always has kind of spoken to that. But maybe some of it is because that stuff is on the rise. I think a lot of, which is crazy to think that people <laughs> are still discovering Skillet. But I think we have kind of gained a lot of new fans. And maybe you're like what you were saying. Maybe it's because people are going through some dark times uh, spiritually, mentally, um, depression. Maybe they're discovering this music and and it's really helping them and that could play into, like you said, how how does it seem like we're still kind of uh, maybe gaining steam in a sense? So maybe that could that could play into it. Now, one of your songs, "Monster," has been streamed over four billion times. That's unusual for a band that plays your style of music. <laughs> yeah, it's great. That thing just keeps streaming too, man. It's so wild. That uh, it's like that song does not ever slow down. <laughs> it's like a multi generational uh, anthem. I feel like at this point for families, uh, I can't tell you how many times we hear. You know, families will come through meet and greet lines, and and parents will say they'll have a teenager, and they'll be like, "This was her, his, or her favorite song," and then they'll have a little sibling that's three or four or five and they're like now they won't let us turn it off they always ask us to play it <laughs> so yeah man I, I hear you that i think that song is gosh i think it's five times platinum now uh so it's sold five million copies and yeah the streaming numbers are just insanity it's really hard to believe now, Seth, it's well known that Skillet are Christians, but your songs have been used by the WWE, ESPN, the NHL, and the NFL. So you're not just preaching to the converted. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I think um, that's what that's what's really cool and kind of the the dichotomy, I guess, that Skillet is is um, it's just some really amazing doors uh, have been opened that. Um, it's it's rare i feel like that a band crosses over to the level that skillet has that is one so so um so committed to their faith like we are and and outspoken you know john is our front man he's very um he's he's very passionate about what he believes uh and we share that at our shows you know uh we we make no 
know we don't try to sugar you know you've seen a lot of bands maybe kind of try to say like yeah we're christians in a band but we're you know we don't we're not preachy you know we're we're vocal about what we believe um in our faith whether it be on our social media or, or what have you but we're also very welcoming um to people that maybe don't believe like we believe and and we still we still love those people and want to love on those people and and uh, be a light to those people you never know what could happen in their lives so yeah again i think it goes back to you know a lot of the uh i guess content of some songs it's very broad I, you know i i guess i would say um it's it's written in a way where it's yes it could be like feel invincible kind of a prime example that song exploded through the sporting world uh when that came out we kind of didn't really expect it um to to be honest with you like some people on our team like they didn't even know if it was the first single when unleashed came out uh and we john just really had a feeling like man i'm telling you i have a feeling about this song i think it could be big and so that that made ripples through the sporting world. I remember I was watching uh, the, here in the states the NFL kickoff uh, in that football season, and uh, they used "Feel Invincible," and then like from there it just kind of yeah WWE and so yeah I think a lot of our songs are very anthemic kind of arena rock anthemic. Uh, I I hear all the time from friends like. Man, I hear guys' music in the gym all the time on playlisting. So I think the nature of it, it's very uplifting. Uh, it makes, you know, a lot of songs make you feel good, make you want to push harder, you know, like even when the day's not going the best, it makes you want to, to get up, keep going, push harder, fight through it. Um, so I think the nature of a lot of our songs are very uplifting like that. That's, this is a very important question. How many people have given their lives to Christianity because of your music. Has that ever happened? Uh, has that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it certainly has. I mean, it's it's it would be impossible to put a number on that. You know, many because, like, many... There might be very many stories out there we don't even know. Uh, and I know for a fact that there are because, you know, you can't talk to... It's hard. It's hard to hear every person's story, but just it's always so encouraging just when we're out on a tour, um, you know, and we do like VIP meet and greets, which uh, I'm certain, I don't know for, for sure, but I would certainly think we're going to do them when we come to Australia, you know, you have like a limited number of, of people you meet before the show. And there's not a night that goes by, um, where we just don't hear an incredible, an incredible story. Uh, from somebody and we're just always so thankful they shared it because it's just you know when you're out on a tour for six seven weeks you get to the end and you start missing home a little bit and you want to see your family um that sometimes maybe that last week and you can be dragging a little bit and then you hear a story just how maybe how your the music or a song saved someone's life or saved someone's marriage or somebody lost a loved one and and a song is all they had to hold on to um or more i guess in a more dramatic setting you know some people that were ready to to harm themselves maybe commit suicide and then they heard a song at the right moment like we've heard stories of somebody was holding holding a gun or a knife like you know ready to take their own life and then the song not gonna die came on um and they just they 
they heard God speak to them and, and put the gun down, put the knife down, whatever. And it's just crazy to hear stories like that. Just to know what you're playing a part in um, is just helping people in such a great way. And that's something that never gets old. It never gets old hearing those stories. Um, sometimes I'll, you'll read messages on social media and see a, an amazing comment like that. But yeah, I guess to answer your question, um, certainly um, I've heard stories of, of how people came to their faith because of maybe Skillet's music and Skillet's music helps them grow in their faith. Um, we hear that every tour we do. And I got to tell you, it, it just never, I'm never, uh, it's always a very sensitive topic. I just, I love hearing those stories. I'm not desensitized to hearing that uh, even this, this far in, I know John's not either as, as, as him as the founder of the band just hearing those stories is so always so impactful to us now the band's fans the panheads as they're known are pretty dedicated what are the craziest things you've seen them do oh man uh, <laughs> um gosh i don't know i mean uh we have had <laughs> there's been some funny ones uh you know the first time we went to south america it was uh maybe just culturally but the the fans there are very passionate fans very very passionate fans so i think the first time we went there i guess this would maybe go uh the very for the first time we went to russia as well uh with you know the fans they're very sweet people miss seeing miss seeing our fans there um but, you know, I always tell people it's kind of like when we've gone to South America and uh, Russia, it's what, how they treat a rock band there is is it's a lot maybe like you would see like how people treated rock bands in the 80s and 70s. Like, you know, people waiting at the airport, uh, people waiting at hotels, people, you know, it's it was very much like that. So that was kind of like a shock to us because you don't get that in America so much. You know what I mean? Like. Uh, people waiting at hotels or they somehow find out where you're going to be staying. This is like stuff that Taylor Swift deals with. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like an A-list artist like that. But yeah, it, that was uh, that was pretty crazy with the first time we went to those countries. Um, and, uh, you know, Jen, I know Jen has had like probably some more creepy stories than, than most all of us, but uh, she's had some people jump over the wall backstage at an arena before to try to give her a gift which is always a little scary <laughs> but um yeah yeah there we have our our moments now seth skillet will be in australia next month there'll be a perth show on the tour and it'll be john's birthday when you're in australia oh you're right it will be i'm glad you told me <laughs> <laughs> okay well the fans all gonna sing happy birthday to him Absolutely, that'd be all. Yeah, we'll have to definitely get it on. Uh, we'll have to video that. So, um, we'll have to have our phones ready. That'll be a great moment. Oh, I love it. I'm so glad that uh, he's able to experience his birthday there. I, I got to tell you, man. I, I personally, I'm really excited to come back. I, I've been to Australia once. Um, we when we did our well, it was our last tour there in 2018, and I just had such a great time. Um. So I'm very, very excited 
to to get back. I I'm not. I got to tell you, I'm not looking forward to the flight so much, but I'm very excited to get there. <laughs> it's a long one. Well, it sure Seth, is. Seth, it's been great having you on Shredheads. Thanks for talking to us. We've got one last song before we go, and this song's got uh, Adam Gontier from Three Days Grace. How did you get him? Oh yeah, dude. This uh, well, this was kind of the I guess you would say the the second version of this song. The first version of uh, Finish Line was on the record Victorious. Uh, had a little bit of a different feel, but so we decided to do this one because uh, our manager told us out of the songs on Victorious, Finish Line was continually one of the uh, one of the top streaming songs on that record you know next to like legendary of course that was the first single um but finish line just streamed really well so when we when we were doing the deluxe edition of dominion we had this idea of let's do a kind of a more you know more rock version i guess of finish line and we wanted to do a collab with somebody and we were just thinking of people that that we had a relationship with friendship with over the years uh and uh, I maybe at that time it had already worked out that uh, uh, so we did a tour two tours last year with Theory of a Dead Man and Saint Asonia, which is who Adam sings with Saint Asonia, um, and I think it was just during all of that it simultaneously kind of worked out. You know, John uh, is good friends with Adam, and uh, Adam's just such a great guy, such a down to earth. Uh, guy and wow what a voice like one of the one of the most uh powerful and recognizable voices in rock yeah let's I would say now in my generation because well, i was in high school and three days grace came what's that i think we should play it now yeah yeah okay. so i think it just kind of all worked out and he uh he was he was up for doing it and uh it worked out and he did a great job yep his skillet finish line featuring Adam Gontier on 89.7 FM. <laughs> Finish. 
City of Wanneroo, corporate sponsor, proudly supporting 89.7 FM. Don't forget to check out the City of Wanneroo's 2024 Green Waste Curbside Collection Dates. We've kicked off collections in Banksia Grove and will be winding our way across the city, finishing in two rocks in mid-June. Check your suburb's collection date at wanneroo.wa.gov.au bulk greens collections. Proudly brought to you by 89.7 FM. Sponsorship of community radio is effective and it's incredibly cheap. For more information, go to 897fm.com.au. The Community File. Just an hour a week can make a difference in a young person's life. Become an EdConnect volunteer and work with students to support their academic potential and emotional well-being in school and in life. EdConnect values connection within the community and when you become a volunteer, you become part of the EdConnect family, working together to help students thrive. For further information, please call 9444-8646 or go to their website at www.edconnectaustralia.org.au. Proudly brought to you by 897FM. Back on Shredheads on 897FM. Before the break, we heard Skillet, Finish Line. And Skillet will be in Perth for the first time ever on April 10. The last time they toured Australia was late 2018, and Perth got skipped, but not this time. Thanks, Seth Morrison, and also thank you to John, Corey, and Jen. Skillet are renowned for their live performances. I know you're going to get your money's worth with this band. Now, here's another band that features multiple vocalists, specifically Tim Lambesis and Ryan Neff. And the band members are practicing Christians, although they don't refer to themselves as a Christian band. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the Lord can't reach people through their music. Here's As I Lay Dying, My Own Grave on 89.7 FM.
Looking for a gift for that special person in your life? Maybe for an anniversary, a loyal employee, or a birthday, or graduation. Whatever the reason, station sponsor Grazie Gifts have a massive range of gift basket and hamper options to suit all occasions. So, to choose the right gift for that special person and order online, visit grazie.com.au. That's grazie.com.au. You're listening to People Powered Radio, proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The Community Broadcasting Foundation resources community-owned and operated media stations just like this one that connect people and tell vital local stories so that we all enjoy a more vibrant, inclusive Australian culture and healthy democracy. Find out more about our work at cbf.com.au. Hey, this is Joel from Eskimo Joe for Rad, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. On tour, we love seeing punters at a gig having a great time. And because we play a lot of pubs, that usually involves a lot of drinks. What we'd hate to see is one of our fans trying to drive home after they'd been drinking. So before you go to a gig, plan ahead, share a taxi or arrange a designated driver who won't drink. The life you save might be your own. Rad, R-A-D-D.org.au. The following program may contain coarse language. Listener discretion is advised. This is Shredheads with Chris on 89.7 FM. It's time for another hour of Shredheads on 89.7 FM. Before the break, we heard Atreyu, Watch Me Burn. They were in Perth last month, and it was their first visit to Australia with Brandon Sala as frontman. The harsh vocals that used to be performed by Alex Varkatsis are now being handled by the bass player, Mark Porter McKnight. We also heard Under Oath, Rapture, another band with ties to the Christian metal scene. And they also had ties to the Screamo scene as well. They make good use of two vocalists, namely frontman Spencer Chamberlain and drummer slash clean vocalist Aaron Gillespie, the last remaining original member of the band. We'll hear about Bruce Watson and Big Country soon, but first, here's a band that when they had trouble finding a frontman, the main guitarist and the bass player took on the roles of vocalists themselves. Necessi- necessity triggered another evolution in this case, specifically for D.W. Norton and Simon Durrant. Here's Super Heist, Destination Unknown, on 89.7 FM.
your scar symmetry, Chrono Nautilus. You're listening to Shredheads on 89.7 FM. Scar symmetry of two vocalists, Robert Carlson and Lars Palmqvist. Carlson does the harsh vocals whilst Palmqvist does the clean vocals. And lead guitarist Per Nielsen also contributes clean vocals as well as keyboards. Nielsen is considered by some people to be the best metal guitarist in the world today. And he is also a member of Mensa, meaning his IQ is 135 or higher. Mine is only 115, Dag Nabbit. And now it's time for a birthday tribute. Well, today is the birthday of an unsung hero, the other guy from Big Country, Bruce William Watson. Watson was actually born in Timmins, Ontario. In Canada, he moved with his parents to Scotland as a toddler, and as we'll find out later, none of the members of Big Country's classic lineup were actually born in Scotland. Watson grew up in Dumfernline in Fife, much like future bandmate Stuart Adamson. And I should mention that Adamson moved to Scotland as a youngster as well. He was born in Manchester. Back to Watson, he was interested in music from a young age. And before joining Big Country, he'd been in several new wave bands, such as The Delinquents and Eurosect. Watson was into punk rock as a teenager and first met Adamson when his own band supported The Skids, which featured Adamson on guitar. In fact, Dumfernline in the 70s was actually quite a fertile breeding ground for bands. Not only did Watson and Adamson grow up in Fife County, but so did fellow Skid Mike Bailey and also Dan McCafferty from Nazareth. At the time, Adamson told Watson he would like to work with him in the future, but Watson thought little of it, as he thought Adamson was just being nice. However, when Adamson left the skids in 1981, Watson was recruited into Big Country. The original lineup of that band was actually a five-piece, with Peter Wishart on keyboards, Peter's brother Alan on bass, and Clive Parker on drums. But by the time of the band's first single release in 1982, Big Country had changed to a four-piece lineup, with two musicians from England joining, known collectively as Rhythm for Hire. On bass was Tony Butler, and on drums was Mark Berzicki, or as Smash Hits magazine used to call him, Mark unpronounceable name of Big Country. <laughs> Savage! The band's debut album, The Crossing, came out in July 1983, powered by the third single. Let's hear it now, in a Big Country on 89.7 FM.
Hundreds of schools around WA have their school photos taken by a specialist school photographer. And Capture Photography has been doing this for over 17 years. No other school photographer puts as much effort into providing WA's highest quality photographic products. If you are part of a school management team, a PNC member or even a parent wanting the very finest school photos, get in touch with the team at capture.com.au. That's Capture with a K. Station sponsor. You're at work in the crane moving large chunks of concrete. Your boss is trying to tell you something, but you just can't hear him. It's hard sometimes trying to get your message across when there's too much noise. Community radio is different. Sponsorship of community radio not only gets your product or service out there to the local community, it also supports a vital local voice for many. Plus, it's very cost effective. For details on sponsorship with 89.7 FM, contact the station on 6244 3320. Back on Shredders on 89.7 FM, that was Big Country with In a Big Country, the band's best known song. When where are they from? Scotland! Today's Bruce Watson's birthday. He's the other guitarist in the band. Well, when Big Country became popular, they had a sound all their own. Most people today know them as the band that makes their guitars sound like bagpipes. After all, they are from Scotland. But what was Watson's role in the band? Usually, Watson contributed rhythmic textures and melodic fills that underpinned verses, whilst Adamson took care of the more straightforward chord work. During the guitar solos, Adamson usually took the main melody, whilst Watson would often contribute a counter-melody. Watson also contributed mandolin parts to several of Big Country's more country and western flavoured songs. Today, Watson has played many of Adamson's lead guitar parts live, whilst Watson's son, Jamie, fulfills his father's old role. And how did Adamson and Watson make their guitars sound like bagpipes? Well, it was by using an MXR Pitch Transposer 129 which pushed the guitar notes up an octave and creating a shrill bagpipe-esque whine. The band also made heavy use of the e-bow, which allows a guitar to sound more like bowed strings or a synthesizer. Now here's another one of Big Country's more popular songs. It was their third top ten hit in the UK, Wonderland on 89.7 FM. Let's 
big country there. Look away. You're listening to Shredheads on 89.7 FM. That was the band's fourth UK top ten hit, and it reached number one in Ireland. They were no one-hit wonder band, certainly not in the UK. And who said the Irish can't get along with the Scots? Well, after the 80s, big country's commercial success started to decline. In the mid-90s, Adamson moved to Nashville, which contributed to the breakup of the band in 2000. Their last gig with Adamson was in October 2000 in Kuala Lumpur. Sadly, Adamson was found dead in December 2001. He had been reported missing the previous month. His death was ruled a suicide. Adamson's memorial was attended by several hundred mourners, including his family and friends and former members of Big Country. U2's The Edge sent a message saying that Adamson with Big Country had written the songs he wished U2 could write. This didn't necessarily mean the end of Big Country, though. In 2007, the band reunited to celebrate 25 years of Big Country, with Tony Butler singing lead vocals. Another reunion tour took place in 2010, with Mike Peters from The Alarm taking over on frontman duties. Then, in 2012... The band went to Wrexham in Wales to record a new Big Country album, something that would have been thought unthinkable at the time of Adamson's death. Peters sung lead vocals on the album, whilst former Simple Minds bassist Derek Forbes handled bass, taking over from Tony Butler. The album was actually recorded in a Cold War bunker with eight-foot-thick walls and no phone or internet signal. The album received mixed reviews, but this song sounds like an absolute belter. Another country on 89.7 FM.
station sponsor. Okay, team. Our new airport check-in system isn't delivering what we need. People are frustrated with waiting times and the lack of scheduling information. We need to design a better experience. Any ideas? Every single day, design graduates face situations that go beyond theory. That's why we teach our students to be creative thinkers. Because creative thinking can be your superpower. ECU. Creative thinkers made here. Search ECU and apply now. The Community File. Writing for the Disabled Capricorn Group is a not-for-profit organisation that has been operating in Pinjar area for over 10 years. They service the needs of the wider community, offering therapeutic horse riding lessons to people of varying abilities. RDA Capricorn is desperate for more volunteers. You don't need to have any experience with horses, as they offer training and other roles that are not horse-related, like gardening, cleaning, administration. There would be something for those handy people in the community. Lessons run Monday through Saturday, with the latter of which being their busiest day of the week. If you are 14 years or over and wish to have some horsey fun with their wonderful and diverse riders, please get in touch with the office via email office at rdacapricorn.com.au for more information. Volunteer induction days are available at the beginning of each term. The next induction day will be on the 17th of February. You can also check them out at their Facebook page. Proudly brought to you by 89.7 FM.
We're back on Shredheads on 89.7 FM. That was Big Country in a Broken Promised Land. That's from 2013's The Journey album, the first Big Country album without Stuart Adamson on vocals. Mike Peters was the lead singer on that album, but he left the band soon after its release. His successor as lead singer was Simon Hoff. And since 2021, Gil Allen has handled bass duties. The two remaining members from the glory days are Bruce Watson and Mark Buzicki, as well as Bruce's son, Jamie. And on the Journey album, Bruce Watson is cre- credited with guitar, ebo, stylophone and vacuum cleaner. Yep, that's Scottish humour for you. <laughs> well, we've heard from several bands tonight with multiple vocalists, one of which is the frontman and the other one usually being the drummer. You might be surprised to learn that this isn't a new thing. The next band you're about to hear were doing this back in the 70s. In this case, you had the front man, Rick Emmett, and the drummer, Gil Moore, trading off vocals. And this song has one of the best guitar solos ever committed to tape. Just don't call them a poor man's rush, whatever you do. Here's Triumph, Fight the Good Fight on 89.7 FM. Yeah. 
Night Ranger, Reason to Be. You're listening to Shredheads on 89.7 FM. Jack Blades and Kelly Keegy were one hell of a rhythm section, and they could both sing damn well too. And I should mention Jack Blades has done some great work with another singing drummer in the band Revolution Saints, specifically Dean Castronovo. That's it for Shredheads tonight. Stand by for Retro Popic with Neil Saint. Tomorrow is Aztec New Year. 
I don't know how you'd celebrate that in Australia, but you could request a song by Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs. So send your request in on 0418 897 897. That's 0418 897 897. Now, before handing over to Neil, few bands that made it big in the 21st century had the success of Linkin Park. The interplay between Mike Shinoda and the late, great Chester Bennington was something to behold. I don't know if the band will ever be able to continue without Chester, which is a scary thought to many people that support this era of AI and holograms. There really will only be one Chester Bennington. Here's a previously unreleased song from the One More Light Sessions, and it was co-written with John Green from the Bonfires. Friendly Fire on 89.7 FM. Till next time, keep shredding. Tell me the words I've forgotten What we were fighting for Staring right into the darkness Through an empty open door Can't put back what's been broken Can't change the moment We went too far We're pulling apart for no reason We're pulling a trigger in a useless war And if we come back and go into the black What are we fighting for? What are we fighting for? I was supposed to protect you No matter what's to come Some I forgot when they told Shredheads with Chris on 89.7 FM. 
Need some revitalisation for your music ears? Then tune in every Sunday afternoon from 2 to 4pm on 89.7 FM with Chris Webb. He is affectionately known as the local yokel and will play a wall of sound for your listening pleasure from jazz to classic rock and any other genre you desire. Chill out with the local yokel with a nice cold bevy on the best community radio station in town, 89.7 FM.